Thank you for tuning into sermons from Liberty Baptist Church in Newport Beach, California. Our goal is to help you know God more and take the next step in your spiritual journey, no matter where you're at. If you have questions about God or about Liberty, you can connect with us at libertybaptistchurch.org. We pray that the Lord will use this message to be a help and encouragement in your life. If you have a Bible, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 9, and I want to share with you a biblical foundation of what we're doing and why we're doing it. If you're able to stand, let's all stand. Matthew chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, a very familiar passage of Scripture. Matthew chapter 9, 35 through 38, we'll read it, then I'm going to give the context, because context is everything. Context is everything of this passage of Scripture. The Bible says, And Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom. I just did a 10-week series on being a kingdom-minded Christian. The gospel of the kingdom and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, of course, our eyes affect our heart. But when he, Jesus, saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them because they fainted and were scattered abroad as sheep having no shepherd. And by the way, they had teachers. They had religious leaders. But the leaders that they had were not shepherds. They didn't have a shepherd's heart. And we'll talk about that in a moment, I believe. Scattered abroad his sheep, having no shepherd. Then saith he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. As I've said many times over the years, we've, we don't have a problem with the harvest. The harvest has always been plenteous. Our problem has always been with the lack of of labors. By the way, I encourage you to be involved with these passing out the tracks. And I was thinking about that's how I got saved. An aunt gave me a track when I was in the military, gave me a few of them, sent them to me in the mail. I put them in my locker. And when the season of the soul, when I was ready, I read it, trusted Christ. Somebody say, Amen. You never know what's going to happen. You go out and share those, uh, pass out the tracts, the scriptures, so on. The harvest truly is plenteous, but the labors are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth labors unto his harvest. Let's have a word of prayer. Our Father, we thank you for Liberty Baptist Church. We thank you for the service this morning, this evening. I thank you for the friendship, decades, friendship with uh, Pastor Thompson, thankful for his family, their faithfulness, thankful for the wonderful fellowship today with Brother Doug, and yesterday, always a blessing. I pray that you bless in the few moments that we have this evening, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Uh, your pastor mentioned uh, something this evening I planned on mentioning. About 10 years ago, uh, something took place in my life. A few experiences took place in my life that began to change me. As a matter of fact, if you want to know how I used to be, you could talk to Patty Flores. Patty can tell you, yeah, Johnny's changed just a little bit because Patty used to be a member of the church where I used to preach like the devil. Somebody's, you say, oh, you were preaching the devil out of people. No, I preached like the devil is what it was. But one of the things that really helped 
uh, God to get hold of my heart to make some changes in my life. Uh, about 10 years ago, I made a decision. I was going to start reading from the Gospels every day. I still do it today. I'll read anywhere from two to six chapters in the Gospels every day. It comes up to finishing all four Gospels pretty much once a month, usually about 12 times a year reading the Gospels. What, 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 what does that do? Well, number one, it helps me to see how Jesus lived. It helps me to see how Jesus loved. It helps me to see how Jesus served. It helps me to see how Jesus taught, what Jesus taught, and as your pastor mentioned, who he had the most trouble with. Somebody say amen. The truth of the matter is, Jesus had a lot of trouble, not with the sinners, not with the prostitutes, not with the publicans. He had problems with people like me. I remember years ago, I shared with one of our pastoral staff, I said, look, you really need to do this. And he read about three or four chapters. He said, oh, man, that's good stuff. That's good stuff. He said, yeah, Jesus is calling them vipers and that type of thing. I said, yeah, who do you, who do you think he's talking to? He's talking to you and me. But one of the things that has helped me is reading the Gospels. In the Gospel of Matthew, if you go from the Lord's, the, the Sermon on the Mount, the Lord's greatest teaching, greatest preaching of all time, Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7, immediately when you go to Matthew chapter 8 and 9, I wish we had time to look at all these passages, but I'll give you the references. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 1 through 4, Jesus comes down the mount and he heals a leper. We don't have time to talk about it, but in that time, they had nothing to do with lepers. If a leper was walking down the street, he, he would have to announce, unclean, unclean, unclean. Nobody wanted to get near the leper. Lepers lived in leper colonies. Nobody would have anything to do with lepers except for Jesus. Not only did Jesus talk to the leper, not only did he heal the leper, but the Bible says he reached out and he touched the leper. Such a great thought there. But in Matthew chapter 8, verses 5 through 13, Jesus heals the centurion's servant. In Matthew chapter 8, verses 14 through 15, Jesus heals Peter's mother-in-law. You go, Matthew chapter 8, verses 16 through 17, Jesus heals many others, the passage says. You go to Matthew chapter 8, verses 28 through 34, Jesus heals a demon-possessed man. You go to Matthew chapter 9, verses 1 through 8, Jesus heals a crippled man. You go to Matthew chapter 9, verses 18 through 26, Jesus raises Jairus' daughter from the dead. Matthew chapter 9, 27 to 31, Jesus heals two blind men. Matthew chapter 9, verses 32 through 34, Jesus heals a deaf mute. You say, Brother Johnny, what's the point? Jesus cared about the physical needs of people. By the way, an interesting thought here, you read 
all chapter 8, you read all chapter 9, the truth of the matter is you go through all four gospels, you see this over and over again, whether he's feeding the hungry, he's healing the sick, he's raising the dead, over and over again you see him caring for the needs of the poor, the needy, the helpless, the hurting. You read these passages, you don't even see him preaching to them. Now, I'm sure he did. But this is God's eternal word. And for some reason, God left that part out. You say, well, Brother Johnny, what's the point? The point is this. As Christians, we need to be concerned not only about the spiritual needs of people. We need to be concerned about the physical needs of people. We need to understand that God loves them. And if God loves them, we ought to love them. And if, if we ought to love them, we ought to do what we can to help them. Somebody say amen. I remember a few years ago, of course, my brother's been ill now for about eight years, a little bit over eight years. And whenever I'm in the States, uh, my brother used to be in a home for assisted living. And whenever I'm in the States, uh, whenever I'm in this area, I should say, he was in Huntington Beach. I would go to Starbucks at 5 o'clock in the morning. I, I don't have a house. I don't have an office. I go to Starbucks 5, 5.30 in the morning, bring my laptop, my Bible, my headphones. And I would sit there for three hours, read my Bible, spend some time praying, meditating, doing some work until the place opened to visit my brother. I remember uh, one time right off of Beach Boulevard. I was just getting out of the car. It was about 5 o'clock in the morning. And as I get out of the car, walking towards Starbucks, and I, I saw a homeless woman. And uh, she was walking towards me, and I could tell we were going to intersect, and I was getting ready to give her something. But then for some reason, she just turned around and started walking the other way, and I, did, I didn't go after her. And as I, I started walking to the door... Have you ever been hammered by God? Anybody ever get hammered by the Holy Spirit? Somebody say amen. <laughs> the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Now, I didn't hear an audible voice, but I, I knew it was God. And, and, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. Are you going to give her something? And again, I didn't hear an audible voice, but the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart and said, what if that was your daughter? Johnny, what if that was your daughter and she was homeless? And she was homeless because of her own sin, a repercussion of her own sin. Johnny, would you want somebody to help her? And of course, the answer was yes, absolutely. And, and that was one of the moments where God really started speaking to me about compassion to meet the physical needs of people. The last nine years, uh, my wife and I have been in Asia, and we have seen some of the most unbelievable poverty and pain and sorrow. I'll never forget the time, and I may have shared this story. Uh, Brother Tomlinson, Pastor Tomlinson, your former pastor, uh, came to visit us in Cambodia, and we were soul winning in a place called Stunman Jay. Summon Jay's just a big garbage dump, big trash dump. And people go there, they live there so that they could pick up trash and recycle it to make a dollar or two a day. 
And I remember Pastor Tomlinson and Gail was with us, and, and my niece Sue was with us, and one of, I think one of the Cambodian men was with us, and, and I was sharing the gospel. A guy had just got saved, and, and uh, his wife was going to Malaysia, and I wish I could tell the whole story, but I'll never forget as we were done and we were walking away, Pastor Tomlinson was in tears. And he started walking away, and I, I wasn't sure what was going on. And I asked him, I said, are you okay? And he turned around. You could tell he'd been, if not in tears, at least his eyes were red. And, and he just said, I, I can't take it anymore. And over the last nine years, I have seen so much poverty and so much pain and so much hurt and, and so much and the physical needs. I went there as a missionary to meet the spiritual needs and that is my primary responsibility. But I could not with a right conscience neglect the physical needs of the people around me. We have a man, one of the men that I'm discipling right now in Chankong, Thailand. His name is Jay. Jay actually lives in another village. And uh, I, I wish I could tell the whole story, but I've been discipling Jay now for about five, six months. And, and uh, Jewy, one of our Bible college graduates from the Creative Access Nation, the communist country, we brought him to Thailand. And he's working with me now. And, and uh, I sent Jewy to uh, Jay's place to get something. And, and Jewy told me, he said, Brother Johnny, do you, do you know that Jay doesn't even have a, a floor in his house? I think he's got a small house made out of brick and I said, no floor? He said, no floor. He said, Brother Johnny, don't you ever notice how dirty his children are? I said, yeah, but I just figure kids are kids. He said, no, they sleep on the ground. They sleep on the dirt. I said, no. Not on my watch. So we recently put a tile floor in. And we bought him a mat no mattress. You say, why? Because if my Lord Jesus could care for the physical needs of people, and if I'm going to claim to be a follower of Jesus Christ, how can I do any less? How can I do any less? Jewy sent me a text message just yesterday. One of Jewy's neighbors is dying of cancer. You know, it's hard if you live in the United States of America, it's hard to understand what the poverty is like over there. And Jewy said, this family has nothing and he's dying of cancer. He's got no medicine or anything. Brother Johnny, can you help them? How could I not if I'm able? How could I claim to be a follower of Christ, the Christ who in Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9 went healing and caring for the sick and the hurting? In Matthew chapter 9, the passage we read at the beginning of the message we're short on time, but in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is going from village to village. He's preaching, he's teaching, 
he's healing and he's helping the hurting. But the Bible says he sees multitudes. Often when you read the scriptures, one thing you'll notice is wherever Jesus went, he drew a crowd. Somebody say amen. Unlike the Pharisees, they didn't draw crowds. They repelled people. But one of the reasons Jesus drew a crowd in Matthew chapter 9, 34 and 35 is what he was doing in Matthew chapter 8 and Matthew chapter 9. By the way, I love, Pastor, your, your theme, uh, I forget, what, loving the business over here and loving the community, that type, liberty loves. What a great thought. What a great idea. A couple years ago, I was in Stunman Jay, the place I was talking about, unbelievable poverty. I don't know if I've ever told this story. I'd go soul winning there every Saturday when I would come back to the house, our apartment. I would knock on the door. My wife would open the door. She'd say, get in the shower and brush your teeth. Because I was walking in raw sewage all day. I smelled like sewage, and it, I mean, I smelled, I, it, I was breathing it. My breath smelled like it. And my wife would say, in the shower, brush your teeth. I don't know how many tears I cried visiting in that village, that garbage dump. Every Saturday, most Tuesdays, we planted a church there. But I remember we would visit and the people would live in little huts and we would bring food to the, the widows, a lot of widows in Cambodia. But one thing I noticed, one thing my wife and I started doing is I noticed nobody had pictures. They, they don't have pictures on their walls. They don't have pictures like you and I have a family. And I, I, I noticed that. I said, nobody has pictures. And I would ask them, do you have any pictures of your family? And nobody had pictures of the family. And so my wife and I, to, to be a blessing, what we used to do, take a picture with my iPhone, and she'd print it off on the printer. We'd get a frame and for $1.35, and that was like the biggest thing in the world to them. But one thing I did notice, Pastor, is over and over again, we would go to the different huts and the different small homes, and occasionally I would see a picture of all things, a white man with blonde hair. I would say, what's wrong with this picture? And so finally one day there was a grandmother that we, we visit every week. We would bring her food and we'd share the gospel with her. And what a, a sweet woman and probably 85 years old. She had no family, at least family that cared for her. And she had a picture of this white dude. I'm thinking, I said, I, I've, got, I've got to ask. So I asked her, I said, Grandma, Who's the white guy? <laughs> Who is the white man? No mask. Who is the white man? And she said his name is Scott. And she told a little bit about Scott. Well, I'm a researcher. So I checked. His name is Scott Neeson. Scott Neeson was a movie director in Hollywood. He directed films like The Titanic. He was in Hollywood for 26 years. 
Scott Neeson was uh, on vacation in Southeast Asia. He was going through various countries, Southeast Asia. He was in Cambodia. Somebody invited Scott to Stumman Jay. Scott Neeson went to Stumman Jay. As a matter of fact, I'll send it to Pastor and I'll send it to Brother Doug. You could get the story online. Scott Neeson went to Stunman Jay and his heart broke. He didn't know what to do. He met a little nine-year-old girl who needed medical attention. He was able to give some money to help her. But it was what I call an aha moment. He went back to Hollywood, went back to America, came back to America, went to, back to Hollywood, talked to some of his, he's not saved. He, he doesn't know God. He doesn't have the Holy Spirit, doesn't believe the word of God. Got some of his Hollywood friends to give some money. They opened up what is called the uh, Cambodian Children's Fund. They opened up a school for the children to get education. See, in Southeast Asia, there in very few of the countries have free education. You have to pay to go to school. By the way, folks, if you know we're complaining about $6 a gallon in the country that I'm from, uh, it's $6 a gallon, but they only make $200 a month. And so Scott Deason opened up the school, 400 students. They, they have 400 students in the school. They're feeding 2,000 people every day, seven days a week. They opened a dental clinic, a medical clinic. And I remember I did the research, and Pastor, I sat there, and I thought to myself, this man doesn't even know God. He's not saved. He doesn't have the Holy... There comes my wedding band. That's actually a good sign. That means I'm losing some weight. Amen. <laughs> not much. And I remember thinking, he has done so much for so many, and he doesn't even know God. And if you go to Stunman Jay today, if you mention the name of Scott Neeson or you show his picture, they love him. So what's the application today? The application is whether you're in Southeast Asia or whether you're in Orange County, of course, the needs are different. If you love people, if you care for people, if you'll care not only for their spiritual needs, but for their physical needs, you'll draw a crowd too. You'll draw a crowd too. I'll close with this. During COVID, I was here, I was stuck here during COVID. And um, some of the ministries that really impressed me, I was, by the way, I was impressed with a lot of churches finding creative ways to keep this thing going. But some of the ministries that impressed me the most were the ministries that thought outside the box and outside of the four walls of the church and said, we're going to love those folks out there. My challenge for you tonight as a church family is to say Liberty loves our community. 
We love our Jerusalem. We love our Judea. We love Samaria, and we love the uttermost parts of the world. And by the way, you've done that. Thank you. Jesus cared for the spiritual needs, but he also cared for the physical needs. I have people tell me all the time, ah, that's not our job. That's not the job of the church. We're to preach the gospel. And I always say, you know, it's really hard to listen to somebody sharing the gospel if you're hungry, if you're hurting. Yesterday, Brother Doug took us out to eat, uh, took me out to eat, and there was a homeless man out there, and I only have Thai money in my wallet. I don't carry money. I don't carry cash. And uh, he asked for help. If I had cash, I would have helped him. And I handed him a track. To be honest with you, I felt bad because I know what he thought. All you Christians, you're all the same. You see me with my physical need, but you don't want to help me. You're just going to give me a track. If we love the Lord and if we're following the Lord in the footsteps of our Lord, we're going to care for the spiritual needs but we're also going to care for the physical needs. Let's stand. We're going to pray. I'm going to ask you a question, and I'm going to turn the invitation over, closing prayer with, for your pastor. You've been very gracious. I probably went a little bit too long. But our heads bowed, eyes closed. The message has been real simple this evening. If we want to follow in the footsteps of our Savior, we can't just care for the spiritual needs. We have to be concerned about the physical needs of those around us. And by the way, when we're concerned about the physical needs of those around us, we will be able to see their hearts more sensitive to spiritual needs. I was going to tell you about a, a young man in that communist country whose church has doubled in attendance during COVID. Why? because we partnered with him to meet physical needs and God has just blessed in mighty ways. Thank you for listening to Messages from Liberty. Tune in next week for more Bible teaching or subscribe on iTunes to stay up to date with our current series.